Okay, so we're in panic phase. <coughs> so the Ramchal says, um, that somebody who is kind of the, um, the, uh, the Shlemus, he calls it Shlemus, perfection. We the David boy, the boy is both if somebody resembles his creator, so clearly he is Roy, as Ramchal said, he is proper, or it's appropriate for him to have what's called a state of vacancy. <coughs> Why? Because he was cleaner, he acquired the Shlemus, the perfection. Okay. And um, what Ramchal says in this Gimel, there are several terms that I used. There are several terms that I used. And they, in many ways, they seem identical. The concept of toiv, goodness. The concept of vagus, attachment. The concept of shlemus, perfection. The concept of tikkun, correction. You know, there's certain terms that seem to be similar. So the real question is, what's the difference between all these terms? Okay. Now, if you had recalled what I had said, is that the concept of toiv, if you remember what the definition was, that which is good means, means something which enhances a being. It enhances a being. And an evil is a detraction or negation of being. This is the concept of good and evil. And so therefore, when we say that the Bansham is native, that he will give us toiv, I think I explained what happens in the Mahabha. Have I explained what happens in the Mahabha? Which Have I explained what the Mahabha is? Extra existence. Uh, you, did, I, did I give that idea? I don't know why I said that. No. You mentioned about levels of existence over their levels of being. Yeah. But uh, not in detail. You never explained it. You only mentioned it. It was by the way I mentioned. You see, what is the toiv that the Bansham gives? And the answer to that is, what is the greatest toiv that the Bansham has done for us? You ask yourself, what is it? If you had a label, what's the greatest benefit he has ever given us? You know what that is? Existence, that we are, <coughs> we exist. Obviously, we are, we have everything in that sense. If we ain't, as they say, we have nothing. Do you mean existence is the, pro is the pr prerequisite, prerequisite for, for all toiv? Or do you mean that by no, itself? No, toiv, that it is toiv. existence itself is the greatest toiv. But I thought it's several times better not to have been... No, that's, to be, that, that's, to be in a Muslim. No, that's not because so it's not necessarily <coughs> a good thing. What? Existence. It depends, depends on how what? you will exist and where you will exist. No, it depends if there are conditions. The problem is that there are conditions to existence. That's the problem. But the greatest time... There are conditions to good existence. What? There are conditions to a good existence. No, there are conditions to existence altogether. 
But somebody is existing in a not good way, he's still existing, but it's not No, I'm talking about what will eventually be. If, if people do not listen to the Rotson Habura, right, then they will cease to exist. <coughs> that they, 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 they're annihilated. Eventually. Yeah. I mean, what's the opposite of Ilam Habra? Is it Gehenna? <coughs> it's annihilation. Ibud. <coughs> you know. And you see, once the world has finished itself out... It's possible to exist in a way that's not good. It, it, no. Ultimately, it won't, it won't be that way, but it's well, suffering. No. You, you need to explain, explain in, in the end, in the end, which means after Mashiach and so on and so forth, you know, at the end, which is really the beginning of the 10,000th year, that's one of the curves. The year 9001, or 9000, that's when Edom Habo starts, okay? Ultimately, there's only one existence, and that's called Edom Habo. There is nothing else. There's no Gehenna, there's no Edom Hazir. There's nothing else. It's only Oilam Habo. It is an existence or a dimension of absolute perfection. You see, there's no Hester. You know, there is the concept of levels, but there's no more Hester of the Rabbanu in the sense that, to whatever extent we can see, obviously, you know. So the opposite of Oilam Habo really is Ibud. It's not Oilam Habo. It's Ibud, non-existence. So therefore, the greatest gift that God has given us is that we are. We exist, right? Of course, then there's greatness of that too, because we exist in what manner, or at what level, or what's the quality of our existence. You know, obviously people who exist, you know, who are either very wealthy and they just have fabulous lives, there are such people, by the way, you know. Where? Where? Can you give us some names? Yeah. You know, I was reading yesterday, somebody showed me a magazine, so they were talking about billionaires, you know. The wealthiest man in the world is a guy, Carlos Slim. He's a Mexican. He's worth $69 billion. Not bad. Not Gates. What? Gates. Well, Gates, Gates is cheaper. He's not 50. He has a horrible life. But in the, what? He's a horrible life. <laughs> people that pray for his life, his horrible life. Okay, okay, I tell you, you know. But if he lived a million years, he couldn't spend that. I mean, it's, you know, it's not, it doesn't make sense even, you know. But anyway, um, so therefore, the greatest gift, the greatest gift that the person. <laughs> But Oilam Habo is a place of perfect existence in that sense, you know, which we understand. But that's what Tariq is. <coughs> that the Bansham is made of, he gives existence. And then, depending on whatever the certain factors involved, he decides what type of existence you will have. That depends on you know, where your Nisham is located, and also if you're Gilgul and what you did wrong and so on. There are many factors that go into who you are when you, when you are born and so on. Anyway, that's the concept of Toiv, okay, existence. But that's also called Shlemus, perfection. Because perfection, in that sense, is a person, a person has, well, let me put it this way. When a person exists, we exist, so I think we exist, right? We're not aware of why we exist. We do not, we're not aware of, we're not aware of why we exist. What's behind our existence? We don't know. Okay? Most of what we live, most of our lives is concealed from us. But if I asked you, well, what is the nature of our existence? 
What is our existence really? And the answer is the Bonesham. As I said a long time ago, the Bonesham as it manifests in this Ilm Hazir, is existence per se. That's perfect. <clears throat> a being whose existence itself is perfect because he has everything. Whatever he wants will exist. Nothing, there cannot be something which is beyond that because it doesn't exist. So in Ulam Habo, what happens is we come in contact with him and we come in contact with the nature of our existence itself. And therefore, to that extent, that's Shlemus, that's perfection. So therefore, Shlemus is a state of an individual, of an individual who is attached to God, which is Dvekus. And he experiences Toiv, which is existence, you see. And this all occurs in a situation called Tikkun, which means that there's no Hester. Okay, it's what's called Haora, as opposed to Hester. In a state of Haora, the Bonsham is manifest in whatever way, in whatever level it wants to manifest. But he is manifest in that state Tikkun. And in that state of Tikkun, which we're all striving for, we become Sholem, perfect. Why? Because we have achieved a level of, we have achieved a state called Dvekas, which is attachment to him. Okay? And the attachment is the experiencing of Toiv, which is existence itself. So in the end, everything really boils down to being and its gradations. As I said, because in Noyim Habo, we actually experience degrees of being, which we do not understand what that is now. So Dvekus means uh, experiencing existence without all the... Dvekus is a state. It's an attachment state. What does attachment mean? Attachment, we're attached to God. But not, li well, not literally, what it means is that Bosham now exposes himself, to use that word, to us. That he is our existence. We actually know that. And we feel it. And in that exposure of him to us, as our existence itself, that makes us sholem perfect. You see? And we feel existence the way he... Well, we feel him. And we know clearly that he is the existence of us. I mean, it, you, we do not know what that means. I don't know. We, nobody knows what that state is. But that's what Dvekas attachment means to connect with him and to experience him. When you, when, you when you attach to something, what are you experiencing? That thing. If I touch this table, yes, I'm experiencing that table directly. If I look at it, I'm not. There's an intermediary, which is a light wave. Light will bounce off the table and hit my retina. And therefore, I can see the existence of the table, but I don't have any experience of the table other than sight. But if I touch it, I can feel it. I experience the thing itself. That's called Vegas. It's like touching God, whatever that means. You know, you actually experience Him, but what do you experience when you touch God? I'm not even going into all the Hanor, all the incredible pleasure. I'm not even going into that. But what you're really experiencing is what? Is his essential attribute vis-a-vis -vis how he manifests it to us, which is existence itself. That's really what it is. You know? His essential nature, the way, uh, it, we, the way he, uh, he manifests himself to us, is existence. 
That's really what it is. So when you're attached, what it simply means is you are actually in touch with Him. What are you in touch with? That He is your existence. And in some way, that is the greatest of all feelings. In some way. Uh, you know, I, I, I try to explain it emotionally. You know, well, you ever feel real? Real. Like all of a sudden, you know, um, it's like, you know, if you imagine that you're, you get up in the morning one day and you, you, all your systems are working incredible and you jump out of your bed and you scream, wow, another day. I mean, it doesn't happen too often, so, you know, don't worry about it, you know. But when it does happen, you know, let's assume you've won the lottery. I think I just had a lottery ticket for almost $600 million. And let's assume before you went to sleep, it was 12 o'clock at night, and you discovered you had the winning ticket. I mean, it's just beyond belief, right? But you can't cash in the winning ticket. It's 12 o'clock at night. You know? <laughs> so you're going to wake up the next morning, you're going to cash it. If you nothing else, then you go to sleep. What? He's going to sleep. Probably the guy can't sleep. I mean, nobody's going to sleep when he knows he just won $600 million, you know? But imagine the guy did go to sleep because he was really very tired. And then he opened up his eyes, and all of a sudden he remembered that he has the winning ticket, right? What do you think he feels like? Unbelievable. It's like beyond belief. It's like the joy and the ecstasy. He just jumps out of bed and says, it's incredible. I'm going to be worth $600 million today. You know? <clears throat> He's experiencing the real effect of reality. You know? So in that sense, those are the differences. Toiv is the payoff. Existence is toiv. That is the payoff. What does it do to us? It makes us sholem. It makes us perfect. Because to connect to a being that's perfect, right, that is, that's the greatest way we can achieve perfection. You see, we're going to you be know, up against the Ain't Self. The only thing that's going to be divided from Hashem is the fact that we exist outside of Him. As, and we're never going to, we're going to be right up against that barrier of... Yes, right up against that barrier. In other words, there always has to be some type of hester right. in order to maintain what's called our zulosoi, right. other. Right. We have to be an other. Right. If we're not an other, obviously we won't exist. So there's always a hester, a concealment of Enoi Muvadai. You can never understand Enoi Muvadai. Besides God, there's nothing else, right? Because if you understood that, you wouldn't exist to understand that. Because there's nothing else but Him. So how could you pass it? It's an oxymoron. You can't, you can't comprehend that you are... You don't exist. So there's always the there's always some type of a barrier. There's God and there's you, or the 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 the, the, uh, the experiencing of consciousness or self and so on. So that's always there. But to the greatest extent possible, we will experience existence itself, and that God is the existence itself, and that's called Vegas. It's touching the table. You actually touch God in that sense. Of course, we don't know what that means. Oh, but that's what happens. So that's what the toiv is. Tekis is a state. Shlemus is the after effect. And it only happens in the world which is called tikkun. Rectified or corrected. That's really the bottom line. And our whole job is to do what? The whole job of us, of a Jew, of all mankind, is to return to the experiencing of existence itself, which is to connect to God. That's the whole name of the game, you see. 
That's what Ulam Haba basically is. Now, there are other things I'm sure that will happen in Ulam Haba. There are, other, there are other things, other experiences. But that's the essential experience of Ulam, Ulam, uh, Ulam Haba and so on. You know. So those are the terms used, but they're not synonymous. They just indicate different aspects of our experience. You know? So if somebody asks you, what are you experiencing in Ulam Haba? The answer is, Toiv. That's what it is. That's the name of the word. Right? Toiv. How? By what mechanism? Vegas. What will Toiv do for you? It makes you shalom. You see? That's what it does. And that's all, that in the end, that's really what it's all about. Where does existence and, come into play then? What? Then where does existence come into play? What do you mean? Mahabha's really experienced the extra existence. Yeah, well, what do you mean comes into play? I mean, how does that relate to the Tov? Because Tov is existence. But what I'm saying is that there are, there are levels of existence which we do not know now. See, I, I mentioned that, I think I mentioned that's why Chazal say, I know you are so. The eye has never beheld what is stored up for the righteous. But that's a strange way of saying it. What Chazal should have said, right, is that the mind cannot conceive what's stored up for the righteous. But it doesn't say that. It says the eye has never beheld. It means I can understand it, but I never saw it. How could that be? How could it be something that I, I, I never saw, but I can understand? Because the difference between not understanding and not seeing, isn't there? But we see Chazal, the rabbis, did what? Their, their, their expression wasn't a lack of understanding, it was a lack of experiencing it. And that's why, because we can understand what existence is, we exist now, right? But we've never seen levels of existence. We've never seen degrees of this thing, you see? That's why nobody can comprehend it. Nobody has ever seen degrees, at most, they've seen qualities of existence, like a malach. A malach, qualitatively, is infinitely greater than us, qualitatively. But there's no levels of existence. But qualitatively, in other words, he is. But what is he? So he has incredible attributes, you know, characteristics, his intelligence, the, the intelligence of a malach, you know, his ability to transcend nature. You know, whatever they do, I mean, they live in a whole different uh, dimension of reality, and so on. They're not subject to physical laws or physical limitations. They can appear or disappear, yeah, and so on. Like, even Eliyahu you know, he can take any form or whatever, and so on. Mm. But the truth is, a malach, can, a malach cannot appear to you. It's impossible. When they appear to you, they assume a human guise, like a costume. Somehow they can make the illusion that all of a sudden you see a body, but I think what they, but basically they, they, they manipulate light waves, however they do it, you know? But, uh, but there's no, uh, there's no, be it's, it's, it's an image. Somehow you have an image of a body, but there's no, there's no image, right? Because the, the definition of a spiritual entity is an entity that cannot be perceived by any means. Any means. So the only way they could do that is by creating an image of a physical body, and then you could see it. But you can never detect a malach, you know. Um, you can never see a malach in its real form. 
You can't do that, which is interesting. So, um, anyway, it's a good question. Moshe Rabbeinu was one of the few people who went up and came back down. You know, he went up to Mount Terra, so he went up to Shemayim. He didn't eat or drink for 40 days, right? So the interesting thing is, okay, so what, what state was he in? You know, was he, was he spiritual? Or was he a physical being that went into a spiritual dimension? You know what I'm saying? And did God suspend the laws of, of spiritual dimension where he could actually see a malach in its real form? Whatever, unknown. You know, it's an interesting conjecture, you know. But, but he was a physical being that entered a different universe. And that is an incredible miracle. You know, it's like matter and antimatter existing at the same time, in the same place. How can that be? Well, you know, didn't, one didn't annihilates um, the other. What? There's people that walked right into Gan Eden. But they're dead. Eliezer and, 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 um, and Eliyahu and Avi, what did... Well, well yeah, well, Sarah. Yeah. No, yeah, no, well, she went alive into it. You know. So the question, there's a couple of people who went alive. They died, <coughs> you know, Sarah, Bachosh, Bachosh, Eliyahu, you know, Chanoich, I think is another one. Went into Olam Habo, not Olam Habo, I should say, but Gan Eden alive. So what does that mean? Uh, does that mean they went, as a, went in as a physical being? You know what I'm saying? But the truth of the matter probably is that in order to get into Gan Eden with a physical body, that body, they had the same body as what you'll have in Oedem Habo. You know in Oedem Habo you have a body, you know that? Yes, you will have your old bodies. Physical? No, Zikuch. The body in Oedem Habo the Russian, everybody will have a body, which is interesting, you know. And, uh, but that body is not physical anymore. It is completely purified of any physical matter. It's like, it's like, it's it? like, a, it's like a, a, a glass, a translucent plastic that is completely transparent, yet it, it is somewhat of a cover on the Nishama. What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. I mean, why the body if there's... Well, Ramchal talks about Peri Gimel, Zika Chagov. That's what he calls Zika Chagov. In other words, the universe, the, the, the universe is not devoid of something physical, but that physicality is completely translucent, and that does not disappear, and so on, you know. Uh, just that you're not physical anymore, you know. What do you think the... the experience of existence that will happen in Ampa is beyond all of these different states. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, beyond... It's not just going into a more um, spiritual state like Meshav, you know, or Sarah but it's... No, 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 it's beyond, yeah. Totally different experience. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't... Different that type of existence? Script, exactly, yes. That's why nobody has ever seen... We could, I mean, you could tell it, we could talk to me about it, but I don't I have no idea what it... I've never experienced it. I mean, if I haven't seen it, it means I've never experienced it. I know what that means. Because yeah. existence today is either you exist or not. I think it's called dichotomous. It's A or B, yes or no. But there's no gradations of existence, you know. So we have no idea what that is, <clears throat> you see. But obviously, once you understand that the answer, if what the Muslim is pure existence, you know, then you can understand he could give you more or less. You know, it's not a matter of, I hear you have, you have it or you don't. There's more or less of it, and so on, you know. Anyway, that's basically what seems to occur in Ulam Havo, you know. And so that's what Ram Chal does. He defines the differences between Toiv and Shoin and Vekas. That they're really different terms, 
that in many ways refers to the same idea. And those are important definitions, by the way, the important differentiations. A lot of people have no idea well, what these things are. They just, you know, they just use the word, and that's it, you know, and so on. Okay. Any questions? Okay. And obviously the reason Ramchal says why is because we connect to him. You know, you know it's, it's like Ramchal says, a branch which emanates from a sherish, a root, will obviously in many ways have that connection, you know, will determine the nature of the branch, the fact that it's connected to a root. So the fact that we're connected to the Banishlam automatically means that we will have a certain similarity, connection, and that connection, ultimately, he, Ramchal, calls it Shlemus. But the real concept of Shlemus is pure existence, or perfect existence, you know, to have everything in it and so on. Anyway, <clears throat> and that word itself, that concept itself, Ramchal introduces a, 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 a two new words, <clears throat> which is very important, and we begin to see why. When things are fabulous, when things are going incredible, why? So we have to point to the origin or the source of all things, <coughs> which is the emotion. Okay? But what is emotion doing that all of a sudden everything is going fabulous? And the answer is called haora, <coughs> illumination. The opposite of illumination is hester, concealment. Everything, all reality depends on that dichotomy. Are we experiencing ha'ora, illumination of God, or are we experiencing hester, concealment of the illumination? So the guy who won the lottery, he got the ha'ora, but he is not, he is not about it. He certainly got ha'ora. But he has no clue about it, so how can we say Hashem makes it visible now? It's Hashem is not visible with Haura. He got Haura, but without any connection to Hashem, without any clue yeah, about Hashem. Yeah, yeah, sure. When crops grow, it's because of Haura. When they die, it's Hester. But still, but still Hester, when Haura comes, it's still Hester, because nobody sees the source of Haura. Yeah, well, there's a Hester, yeah, of course, there's Hester and Haura at the same time, you know. Uh, but that's called Haura. Haura is responsible for everything. Why? Because when God flows his existence, okay, that's ha'ora. And when he conceals it, or withholds it, so to speak, that's called hester. Someone who receives ha'ora is being dubbing? Uh, somebody who receives ha'ora, well, ha'ora is the effect. A person can receive ha'ora and uh, without vacas. <coughs> a bunch of just give, want to be mayor to him. So why is it not vacas? What's not vacas about it? Vegas is the ultimate state of total ha'ara. But we're not in that state. We're not in a state of Vegas. But the bunch of... smaller amounts. What? We don't have smaller amounts of Vegas? Even before the year 9,000? No, not the Vegas of Elam Habo. You know, we could, we could feel or experience certain things about the bunch of 
but we do not experience him the way we will experience him in Ilum Habo. It's the meaning of that, one million. Relative to that, you can call it Ha'ora. But the real Ha'ora... You know, if I belong, what is Vegas? Is attachment. Love. Let me ask something. Is, you know, when a person is in a state of Vegas here, what is he experiencing? What is, what is the singular experience of Vegas, really? An emotion or what are you... It's an emotion, at? yeah. Oh. It's an emotion. Love. Is it love? Can Vegas be painful? Uh, uh, Interesting question. It should not. I, I don't know. The, 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 okay. the, 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 what? I don't know why not. I don't know why it should be. But why should it should? Be? I, I don't know why it should. But is it is it absolutely impossible? I, I don't know. By definition, is it impossible to be painful? Vegas ultimately, I don't mean ultimately, Vegas here is painful. Why? Because it's a longing for more. What was the word you just used? Longing? Correct. What Vegas is ultimately is an extremely intense emotion of longing or yearning to unite with the Ramashtar. Of course, we call, you can call it love, and so on. You know, in many ways, you know, I'll use this example, although it's, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously, uh, you know. Where, where, what? Bauta. Bauta, yeah, exactly. Where does where, where the Torah use the word Vegas? By what relationship? Who? Vedalag Bishter. What'd you say? Shemini, by Medina. Yeah, okay. By a woman. You know? Okay, so we can, you can use that, you can see what that is in physical terms, okay? But what is Dvekas that type, you know? I mean, a guy goes out on a date. We'll use a real simple example. We, okay? have, we have a professional woman. A professional <laughs> what? Dater. Whatever that means. <laughs> Are you married? Uh, no, no. Oh, okay. He needs a bra for a guy. Yeah. A guy goes out with a girl, or a girl goes out with a guy. Either way, right? okay. it's all relative. Okay. And to use the American expression, they fall in love with each other. Whatever that means. Okay. What are they experiencing? And what's the symptoms of that experience? What they're experiencing ultimately is a tremendous need, right, to be in the presence of the other person. <coughs> that's what they experience. Right? Yes, that's what happens. When a guy, when a guy or a girl, when people are in love, what are they experiencing? They are experiencing at that point in time, forget about what will be. There's a satisfaction. It's more than a satisfaction. There's a, there's a tremendous joy in being each other, in each other's presence. It's an emotional joy. Right? Why? Because they're in love with each other. Right? So it produces an emotion of tremendous joy. The greater in love, the greater the joy it can achieve you can achieve feelings of what's called ecstasy or whatever. Fine. Okay. Now all of a sudden the guy says or the girl says, 
from the standpoint of the guy. The girl says, listen, I got to go to uh, I gotta Europe because I'm taking a course. Whatever, right? Yeah, of course, I got to go to Europe. I'll be gone for four months. So the guy looks and says, are you crazy? I want to last without you. Right? And she says, listen, what can I do? And she goes away, and she's gone. Right? And he doesn't see her. Let's assume there's no phone, so there's just no way to contact her, right? What's this guy experiencing? An unbelievable amount of yearning and longing. In fact, he is so much in love that anything else is a distraction to his thinking about the girl. So all he does is think about the girl. Not, a, not in a Taivadig way, but in just, I want to be with her. I want to stay in the same room and so on. Just be, I just want to feel the experiencing of her in my presence, you see. So he's got this incredible feeling of longing and yearning, right? And she's gone and so on. And therefore he finds himself thinking about her on a constant basis. You know, on a tremendous frequent basis. You know what I'm saying? And if somebody walks over to him and says, by the way, I want to ask you something. It's a distraction, right, in his focus. He's annoyed because this person is interfering with his ecstatic thought pattern. You see. Now, this is true love through Dracus. But in a certain sense, it's painful. Why? Because when you can't meet the girl or see the girl, or vice versa, the girl or boy, either way, right? And so on. There is a tremendous, there's a pain in the yearning and the longing. So the guy satisfies that pain and yearning by thinking about her or she about him. I'm not going into religious implications or the halachic status. I'm, I'm not even talking about, you know, halachically, you know, Yishimayim and all that. I'm not even into that, you know. I'm just, I'm trying to explain the concept of the Dvekas, because I'm going to use this, a mushroom. Okay, so that's really what it is. A Dvekas fundamentally is an experience of intense love. What is love? Love is an emotion that a person experiences when he wants to be united with something when he wants to constantly be in the presence of that thing. It's, in a, it's, it's an emotion of severe, it's an interesting word, severe needs for attachment. And we feel it as the concept called love. I mean, once people are actually attached, I mean, the day after they get married, the day after they get married, they're in some Vegas anymore because they're, they're now attached to no, it's, it. No, it's, it's the realization of Vegas. It's a realization of Dvekas. I mean, it's, you know, finally, you know. Dvekas is before that? Dvekas is, if, if, if it's not happening, it's the feeling of intense desire for attachment or unification. That's what it is. If it happens, then there's unification, fine. But it's still Dvekas. So I am above Dvekas. What? I am above Dvekas. Oh. The truth is, it's possible to achieve Dvekas here to the Bonishnah. Just in a painful way. But it, no, ultimately no. speaking, since you can't have God, you know, he, you know, you can't have him literally, you can only want to have him, think about him, and maybe feel the joy of thinking about him, but you can't get him, so it is a painful experience. It is a yearning and a longing. Where do you see this? Who died because of Vegas? Benazar. Why did he die? He didn't, you know? He, he died from the joy? No. He died from the, that the, the longing and the yearning was so great that he just died. He just couldn't stand being away from God. 
He died in Vegas. There are tzaddikim that die in Vegas. They reach a certain ecstatic state. That would have to be a Rekiva? What? That would have to be a Rekiva? No, Rekiva died. No, but it's not the Shemash of the Echad. No, but he said Shemash of the Echad. He's Asoga. The fact that he was Moisa Nefesh, you know, for the Moshlam, you know, and I'm sure there was Dvekas there also and so on and so forth, you know. But Benazai died because of Dvekas. Benazai was a, one of the people in Paradise, four people that went into the, what's called the, uh, uh, the, uh, <coughs> the uh, Heavenly Grove, you know, Paradise is uh, orchard and so on, you know. And they, each one came out differently, you know. Kiva was the only one who walked in, walked out, showing. Then you had Acher, Lisha Ben Avuyo, and he became an Akkuris, and so on. Then Ben, I think Ben Bagbag was Ben Bagbag Ben Hey. Ben Zoma went crazy. Ben Zoma went crazy. Ben Zoma, yeah, he went insane. Uh, and uh, and Ben Azai died, you know, and so on. He, he died from the Vegas, you know, and so on. And those the yearning and the longing killed him. That's what it was. His body could not take whether because his heart gave out. In other words, what happens is an incredible amount of stress. You know, when you have that kind of yearning and longing and you can't get it, it's incredibly stressful to the body. You know what I'm saying? So whatever, however the body handles that, his was so, so intense, he just died. And so on. There are tzaddikim that have died from Vegas, you know. But that's what it is. Vegas is a state that there's an unbelievable yearning and longing to be attached to God permanently, but at the you know, and so on. But at the same time, because there is no Vegas, you're not you're not attached to God in that sense, really. That it's painful at a certain level. It's painful. Okay, you see. That's really what all tzaddikim aim toward Vegas. That is the ultimate state. It's a magnetic magnetic state, meaning it's like two magnets trying to. To attach to each other? Is that, is that what Jacobs is? Well, it's, a, it's you know, it's a, like a magnetic example. It's like a physical example, you know. Right. But that, that's what Jacobs is, you know. And um, people in a state of Jacobs don't want to be disturbed. Because it's like the guy in love with a woman or something like that. You, you talk, talk to him, he says, hey, get out of here. I want to keep thinking of her, you know, whatever and so on, you know. You know, they, they don't want to be disturbed. They just want to think of the Rabbanish And And that, that's an incredible feeling of joy. To think of the Bansham. Now, you can ask yourself, anybody in this room ever experienced that? No. No? <laughs> no? Not in the sober state. Now what? Now I'm all sober. Exactly. <laughs> 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 well, you guys don't know what you're missing. You guys do not know what you're missing. I like to because that's really, in the end, that's the end of all of the experience, is to be in a state of Vegas, you know. It sounds like someone being addicted to drugs. What? It sounds like someone like addicted to cocaine, it's just always going to the next... Well, it's, it's uh, it, in a certain sense, it is an addiction. It is an addiction. No, good. You know, it is an addiction. that's what it sounds like, you're always waiting, you have your mindset on it. <clears throat> the problem is, most people are... If they, it's not that they have Vegas, it's not an emotional experience, it's an intellectual experience, you know, and so on, you know. But uh, that's really what Vegas really is, it's the end-all, be-all of everything. But it has to be emotional, not just conceptual or intellectual, we can all say a lot. 
that I really want to be connected to God intellectually, you know. But Trudvegas is the same thing with, uh, you know, with romantic notions of a woman. Same thing. It's a tremendous feeling of longing and yearning to be with the Russia. Question, how do you get to that? How do you achieve that state? It's an interesting idea, you know. Anybody know? How do you achieve Vegas? What? The Rambam. The Messiah How do you get to love anybody? Or Tyrams, doing Tyrams. It sounds intellectual. By giving them, you know, saying, just brought them. How do you get to love somebody? I'm not talking about physical looks. You know what I'm saying? By giving to from yourself to someone else. No. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, 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 I'm that's, that's, that's yeah. If you realize, if you really the what I'm calling it, because oh. if you realize how your connection to me is like a father and you're like a son, you realize you're you're Yes. The way you get to Vegas, how do you, when you're longing, is when you realize the relationship that you have to that being. First is to realize who the being is, but that's not going to do it. There are a lot of great things in the world. When you realize, when you realize what that being is to you, how that being loves you, you know, and wants you to be in the greatest possible shlemus, when you think about those ideas, and the chesed that Tavarshan does to each person, you know, we don't even realize the chesed that Tavarshan does. Sometimes we see it. Sometimes we see it, you know. It's like I, I, I just, uh, whatever, I went on a trip, with my wife, because it was her birthday, whatever, you know, so we went to an aquarium in, uh, what do you call Camden. Camden. Where? Camden. Camden, yeah, in the aquarium there. Nice. It's interesting, you yeah. know. Then we take a look at the battleship, New Jersey, very interesting experience to see a battleship. Anyway, so, uh, you know, so I took Route 70, Route 70 goes straight to Camden, you know. But, it, you know, it doesn't go straight into it, it stops in the other highways, you know. So I remember that uh, when I, we were leaving the aquarium, it's okay, I, I hope I find the 70 again, you know? You could just wander around in, in, in Camden, you know, so, you know and, and so on. So I went, we were going to a parking lot, we parked the car, also I meet this guy, black guy, you know, and I asked him, uh, you know, I want to go to 70, how do I connect? So the guy tells me, you know, I'm going there, follow me. Well, what were the odds, right? That exactly when he's coming out of a building, I should meet the very guy. And fact, I followed him, and he went Route 38 one way, and he, he, he goes like this on top of his car. That's 70, you know? I, it's like, I, 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 you know, it's incredible. You know, what's the hashgocha, the probability, that I'm going to meet a guy that will tell me exactly how to get to 70, and he's going there. Not, you know, but it happened, you know? That's chesed. That's hashgocha. And so, you know, so when you think about all the things, the fact that you exist, you know, the fact that you're healthy, the fact that, you know, you have the wherewithal to survive, kids, whatever it is, you know. And uh, of course the detractions, but that's because of kapora and all that. So you realize that the Bansham in many ways is an incredible being, you know. And therefore what happens is when somebody's very good to you, you begin to love that person, you know. Um, and that's, uh, you know, so that, the, the Rambam, it's not only to think about how awesome he is, but really, you know, what he does to you, what his relationship with you is, and so on, you know. 
if you can think about that and, and uh, really meditate on it in, a, in, a, in, a, you know, in an intense way, you will develop Tvaitis. You will develop that feeling of a longing to be attached to him, and so on. Um, and, uh, and so ultimately speaking, Tvaitis here and Tvaitis Lenum Habo are in many ways different experiences for obvious reasons. But the real concept of Tvaitis here I'm telling you, that's what it is over here, is to develop a feeling, a longing, and a yearning to be with him, to want to connect to him, and uh, and obviously once you have that, you have the desire to do his rotsman. You want to, you know, and so on and so forth. You know, there's an Indian of you, what's the greatest Yerushimayim of all? Fear. The different levels of fear of God. Okay? The lowest level of fear is Yerushimayim. We find God will punish you if you do the wrong thing. And then there's what's called Yerusharimus. Right? So it's not, I wouldn't translate it as fear, it was more as awesome. You know, when you realize what a being is, and what the, when you study the nature of all the, the attributes of God, you realize the awesomeness, you know. So yes, we talk about being, that. Being separated from, what? The greatest fear would be separated, being separated from that. It, well, in a certain sense, yes. But, not I, yeah, knowledge, but not yeah. to have that connection. The connection, yeah. Them, right? but, understand what it is. But so the greatest know, fear, but fear to be you know what the greatest fear is? It, 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 in many ways, it's an answer to a question. Moshe Rabbeinu, the Roshim was talking to Moshe Rabbeinu, right? And it took a week to get Moshe Rabbeinu said, I'll go. Remember, in the beginning of Shemais, the Roshim was talking to him and says, go and take my people out, right? And Moshe Rabbeinu says, nah, come on. Me and Noichi, who am I? It means every, every excuse in the book, he's saying, you know, finally, Bosham, you know, is getting, you know, you can say losing his patience. <laughs> so finally, Bosham says, after, you know, all kinds of statements, which means, you know, no good. Why, why did, why did Bosham not want to go? What was the problem here? You know, was it because of this Anivas? Because who am I to go? I mean, nobody was sent me to take out the Jews from Egypt and then to bring them to Har Sinai and then you want to use me to be the conduit? Are you serious? <laughs> you know? Well, obviously, if the Bosham is saying you, so the Bosham feels that you have the proper credentials. So the, what was his problem? You have any idea? You know what is the, the standoff of being that's the creator? Think about that. <laughs> You know, you have to think about what that means, you know. He's not talking to a guy, he's not talking to a king, he's talking to a being that is infinite, you know, being that we have no conception of, you know, created the universes, all of it. The Malach, like, you can't get bigger than that, right? And he's saying, no, I don't want to go. You know, why did he say that? How do you understand that, really? You know? I mean, we would have interpreted that as soon as he says to send me, you know, we would have said, why not? Of course, you know, hey, thank you. <laughs> you know, that's one kind of reaction we would have had, you know. Or we'd say, you want me to go? I'd say, no, you kill me. You know, okay, well, what, okay, tell me what you want to drag, you know, like, you know, like this, right? <laughs> what was Moshe Rabbeinu's problem? You ever think about that? How can a man stand up to God for a week? What was his problem? 
So the question is, was he, what he was, what was the determinant that stopped him from saying yes? Was it Anivas? I'll tell you what I think. What an Anivas? I mean, you can be a no no, fine, so you're nobody, but I, God's saying, excuse me, I know you're a nobody, but I want you to go and take him out. I don't care what you, what you would, you know? I said nobody's to do things also. You understand? Know what, what was the problem? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The saying, what am I nobody? I mean, he's the one who made you a nobody, like the Russians who gave, who gave them out to people? You know, who, I made you a nobody, but right now I want you to be somebody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you know, you know. So what was his problem? So I, 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 I have my idea. You know what his problem was? The greatest fear of all. And let's go back to the same. Guys, he's engaged to a woman. He's, he's madly in love. I hate to use those examples, but it's a muscle. It's a, it's a very important muscle. In many ways, that's, that's the muscle. Shia, shiram. Isn't that what it's all about? Yeah. He's madly in love with this woman, right? What's his greatest fear? That maybe she won't marry him, right? That's his greater fear, right? But what's the fear before that? He has a tremendous fear that he doesn't want to do anything that will hurt her, make her feel bad. You know what I'm saying? Oh, maybe if I say this, she's going to take an offense and she'll be hurt. I don't want her to feel that way. A guy who's madly in love with a person will do everything he can to prevent anything that will bring harm emotionally, physically, any which way. Moshe Rabbeinu said to himself, he said, wait a minute, you want me to go and take the Jews out? We're not talking about a thing that takes two minutes. You want me to go to Egypt, speak to Paroi, take the Jews out, bring them to Hasinai, give them the territory, and then take them to Eretz Yisrael? It's impossible for me not to, in some way, insult you or to do your rotsam. It's impossible. I, I, it's gonna, it has to be that I'm gonna do something which is connected your rotsam. And therefore, I don't wanna harm you in the sense that <coughs> I love you so much, I don't want you to be aggravated, kaviyochol, about me. So therefore I refuse the whole position. In other words, he's so, look, you know, when the bunch of, you know, you work for a guy, right? The guy can't read your mind. You can have all kinds of thoughts. He doesn't know what you're doing. But you're looking at the one, the Rabbanisham is the Mishalech. He knows exactly what you're thinking. And, to, to, and, and, and his requirements are so precise. They are so exact that he knows exactly what you're thinking, what you're doing at any given moment. And can a guy do Ratzna Bere 100% of the time? without in any way doing something which is wrong, a sin, a chet, a hero, anything, it's impossible. You know, you can have a wrong thought for an instant and then get back on track. And meanwhile, you will be chayte. And Meshavim was right, he was chayte. You know what I'm saying? Right after Paris said, well, they have too much free time. He came running back to Benjamin and said, you know, what did you do this for? You know, excuse me, what? You know, and the Bajan punished him. Now you'll see, but you won't see what I'll do to the 31 kings of, you know. And Moshe Rabbeinu in the end was right. It's impossible to do the Ratzon continuously and never falter. So therefore, if a person has such unbelievable dvekas in Bajan, if a person loves God so much, he won't take the job. 
Because this kind of a shlichus demands absolute <coughs> obedience. And I can't do that. It's impossible. I'm going to falter. I'm going to make a mistake. You know? I'll make the wrong cheshben. I gotta, somehow I'm going to aggravate you. So bring it back to the muscle. Wait, 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 one second, one, one second. And if I aggravate you, I can't. I can't stand to aggravate you because I love you too much. So I don't want the job. Better not take the job. So much of it is go send somebody else. Somebody who's not as sensitive to Dvekas. Somebody who's not as sensitive to aggravating you. You know? But I can't do this. I believe that, that's that why he said approach? no. What? Is that the correct approach? It's, that's the frame of thing that I shouldn't do it? That, that's Thank my you. understanding of why he would say no to God. To no, the For a week. But, what? But is that the correct approach? That fear? Or is it correct? It, it wasn't again. correct because Moshe said, I know you're going to aggravate me, but Alpha P can't go. I mean, Moshe knows what Moshe Ben is saying. Yet, you know, if you love somebody so intensely, even though the Moshe said, it, it, you know, it's funny, I'm so worried I will aggravate you or cause you kaviyochal pain that I will not do your rotsun. Because that's the rotsun of Bure. Go and go take him out. It's a, you know, it's a paradox. That right now I am aggravating you. You know, right now I am aggravating you. You know, uh, in other words, he's so concerned about aggravating God that he is aggravating God. You see? But maybe he figured, listen, maybe the Russian will let me off the hook, and that's it, okay. But something which takes years to do, there's no way I can go around and ag- aggravate the Russian. So that's the concept of Asher Ishim of Tomid. Happy is the man that is always frightened, or rather fearful. Why? Because he's always worried that I may do something that will aggravate, or connect the Ratzon that in some way Kaviyochol will, will make him mad, or aggravate him, or insult him, or whatever. I, that's my uptime to why he could stare. And because he's saying no for a week, you know, which is, because I find that absolutely mind-boggling. Say to God, no, for a week. I mean, it's like you know, the only other instance I find which is also beyond belief. You know, you have to think about this. You know, what story is that where somebody stood up to God? No, no, Nechomish. Who else stood up to God? Abraham. When? Let's go in. Yeah, I mean. You imagine what it is to say, You know what that is to say, the judge of the world shouldn't do justice? Huh? Excuse me, what? You know, I mean, no, 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 you're not going to kill them. Of course not, you know. It's like, you know, who are you standing up to? You're standing up to... Yeah, okay, so he didn't stand up to God because he wasn't talking to God in any sense. It was his chus, so he said... I'm not going to leave, and, but it was a tefillah, it wasn't, uh, there wasn't a communication. Avraham Avinu is talking to the Muslim. He's talking to him. And he's saying, yeah, you're not going to kill these people, come on, if they're 10 people, 50 people, whatever, and so on. But the Tainus, what do you mean, you're the great judge. How could, you even do, how could the great judge do injustice? It's like, you know who you're talking to? It's just me. Think about that. Who, who are you talking to? You know, when you talk in front of a king, you talk with more respect. When your highness, 
for your the exalted majesty, please forgive me, and so on, but maybe I can make a suggestion. Avramavina didn't say make a suggestion. You know, please forgive me. I will make I won't make a suggestion, of course, in no way am I insulting you. I mean there's so many different you know, it's what's called hedging your bets. You're not just coming out, hey just you know, I just said it, you know, hey no, you can't do this, you know. That takes guts. Real courage. <laughs> because the Russian could easily have said to Avramavino, you know, I'm annoyed at what you're doing. <laughs> and the last thing in the world you want to do is annoy God. I mean, you really don't want to annoy him. So you get on his bad side, like I say, you know, it's, it's all over, you know. It's like they say, you know, whatever. It's, but he, he did it, you know. That, that's, uh, you know. So these two instances are incredible. The only way I could say that, well, for Moshe Rabbeinu at least, is that he said no, because I know it's impossible for me to continuously do your rotsam. It just won't happen. And at somewhere along the line, I'm going to aggravate you, and I'm going to cause a chil Hashem. Remember what he said by the, by the rock? Because you and Aaron didn't like Dishani to sanctify me in the eyes of Christ. Well, wow. I mean, this is terrible. Anyway, so those that, that's the kind of Yira. But that kind of Yira, remember, so there's Yira Soinish, Yira Soinus, fear of God, fear of punishment, uh, fear in terms of awesomeness, and then you have the fear of, uh, of aggravating, of hurting him and so on, and uh, those are the three major fears, and so on. But who can have the last one? Who can have the fear that I don't want to do this because I'm not going to do it continuously right, I have to make a mistake, I got to slip up. Only somebody has incredible debaters. Same thing. Somebody who loves another being with such unbelievable intensity, he can have that era that I will harm or hurt that person, you see? So that just shows you the Madrid of Moshe Rabbeinu, you see? But that's what Dvekas is. So you now know what it is. If you ever wake up and you long for God, you yearn, and it's painful, you have achieved Dvekas. Can you contrast that Dvekas that we have nowadays with the Dvekas in Namaba? It's, it's what? Do we have the yearning, and do we, are you experiencing, someone who has a Meshav Ben, do you experience his existence more than the regular person? No, no. It's not that type of Vegas, because you don't experience more existence. The Dvekas Noyim Habo, which is an attached state, is where you experience the Rabbanishram as your existence itself. And, and that we only yearn I would imagine that's yearning. I mean, I, you know, I, I would imagine concomitant with that, with <coughs> parallel to that, there is an incredible yearning to be with the Bosham. I would imagine that includes what I'm saying. But the Vegas here does not have that component. So it's purely a longing and, 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 and a desire, you know? Um, but a person has to want that type of Vegas. But that really is where all Tzaddik are after, that state. When you hit that state, you, you, you've hit it. You've made it. That state. But, but you can have satisfaction in this world also. No, it's not only the yearning. There's a, there's a joy and satisfaction. No, no, it, 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 they parallel each other, exactly. It's like the same thing. Just, in, in other words, also. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, again, okay, same thing. You're madly in love with a woman, or vice versa. Right. Woman and man. You know, and they're thinking about each other all the time. You know, so there's an ecstasy about the thought. And the thought connects you to the person. But at the same time, there's a pain at the fact that the person's not here. So in other words, a person has a joy because 
since he intellectually knows or he has an amuna that Hashem exists, so he feels himself in the presence, and therefore he has he has the joy that he is in the presence of Hashem. Yeah. Even though he can't feel the presence, but he he is aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that gives the person joy. Yeah. Let me tell you something. It is a very, very difficult state to achieve. Obviously. You know, you go through your whole life, never once experience that feeling of love which is so intense that it breaks boundaries. And then you'll have the yearning along the way and so on, you know. But that's what Sadiqan aspire to. A real experience of love with God. That's your Haftasashimakecha. How many people experience Avasashem? Real Avasashem. I'm not talking about intellectual word. Yes, God, I love you, I love you, I love you. No, no, no. no. I'm talking about real love where you feel it. That's what Sadiqin aspire to. You know, do you have to do it on your own or can, can someone else help you do it? Like, uh, Shantar stories where they all oh, held hands, my child shoot this. I want to practically, They practically went to Shemaim and they let go of their hands, they would have been lifted. Yes, but remember, Without the study of Hashkofa, I believe you cannot get there. It, it requires the study of God, of who He is, His awesomeness, and His incredible relationship to humans, and so on, and the incredible chesed, the good things that He's done. It requires thinking about that, you know. I do not believe, not thinking about Hashkofa or about these things, you know, I do not believe that a person will achieve greatness. Not that. Yeah, they'll achieve other things, but not real greatness. You see, you have to, and you have to be respond that the bunch of them open up your heart to understand that he helped you get Vegas. You need incredible sight of this mind. Is Hasidus more focused on Vegas? I think so, yes. And, and do they do it through thinking about Chesed? Or do have Why is mediums? that? Think about this. Think about this. What area do you have to be involved with in order to get real Vegas? <coughs> I think we once spoke about that there are six different instruments as part of the avoider. Remember that? The avoider. You have to be an oivet. If you're an oivet, you can hear it. How many people are oivet? Oivet. Not to my guys who sitting on Gemara. No. That's avoider, of course. That's not the avoider that I mean. You know, Avoida is what the Mesila Sisham says. The whole concept of Tzaddik, Noki, Zoris, Zohir, Kodosh, that's the Avoida. It's a true uh, uh, engagement in perfecting the character traits of a person. How many guys are over them, really? It's, uh, uh, people are over there, it's almost a lost uh, species, you know. So if you look at it, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, uh, it would seem to me that more Hasidic should do it than literature. I'm not saying there aren't literature that do it, I'm sure there are, but I, I, to me it sounds like the overwhelming majority, you know. You should know, the, the avoider of avoider, you know, how many guys are working on themselves through the Messina's journal? How many? You know? Very few. You know, you could, you could sit, look, Torah is its own Vegas, but it's not a direct work on avoida. It's not the avoida directly. You know, you do it when you learn terror, so you know, shama is with a certain awe. 
Of course that happens, you know. But it's not, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not that. So if you don't work on, on that, on the avoid itself, I don't believe you can ever achieve it like this. That doesn't mean you won't feel spiritual at times. You will. You'll feel attached to God, but not this. You know? As uh, some poet once said, better to have love and lost than never to have loved at all. Robert Lovelace. I still remember that from high school. Anyway, you know, because if you've loved and you've lost, at least you know what love is. You've experienced that incredible emotion, one of the most intense emotions a human being can experience. Okay? You lost it, but at least you know what it is. Try to get it back again. You know what I'm saying? But if you never loved, you have no idea what it is. That was a famous line from that poem, so you know. So that so the Avoida is basically a way of uh, making sure that you're getting into a state where you look, where you're as you're the most similar possible to Hashem. Yeah. I mean that's that's another condition to love. Like when two people are very similar to each other, they feel. What 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 I'm saying when. The, well, if they're aligned together. Aligned. Yeah, yeah. So there's a chesed, but there's other things besides just thinking about chesed. You also have to be aligned to Hashem. Yes. Well, that's the Rotson Hamburger. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But ultimately, you know, you, that, that's what... It, in many ways, what the Ramchal wrote was a perfect guidebook. He said, I will show you how to become a Kodesh. What's a Kodesh? Dog. He That's a guidebook. He shows exactly how to achieve that. And so on, you know. That's why the Ramchal was so singularly unique. It's one of the greatest Muslims form ever written. Because it doesn't deal with Midas, Kaas, Anger, Gaiva, you know, and so on. It doesn't deal with Midas, Bitochen. It deals with levels. You know, it deals with, okay, the Avoid has many different levels to it. And here's how it looks. And here's how to acquire it. And here's what to stay away from that will not allow you to get it. That's why I'm saying is an incredible book. Why would they write it's it? It's a guidebook. It's why a manual. They, why would they write it to overcome so much in his door and Kali's throw wasn't a cobble stone to 250 years later? There were people who were cobbled, but he had tremendous beliefs of persecution. Part of the problem was he came right after Shabbat Shabbat who became a Muslim in the end. And therefore, you know, uh, Ramchal was uh, unique. I mean, he was 20 years old. He had Gilelio. Leo uh, used to reveal himself. He was 20 years old. Ramchal was a very unique person, you know. And they were, and he had no beard. Though in Italy they didn't grow a beard. Whatever. And uh, he, was, he wasn't even married. He was an incredible Kabbalah, so people were very afraid. You know, oh, here comes another Shatz. You know, and therefore they were right with him. He wasn't the only one. They were right with the Baal Shem There were a couple of guys that they really went after. I mean, big time. You know, and so on. And they, 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 they are, and the, the, if not for the Gershom, all these people would have been destroyed. You know, and so on. You know, the Kaisel makes mistakes. <coughs> look at what they did to the Rambam. They burnt his works. You know, and so on. They, they look. There are a lot of people. The Rif, most people don't know. The Rif lived to a very old age. I think almost to hundred, which is highly unusual in those years. People, the average lifespan was like forty or thirty-five. You know, but they were right if the Rif. You know that? Because how dare you make a commentary on whatever, how dare you make an abridgment of the Gemara? How dare you do that? They were right with the man. 
They persecuted. They ran after him. They, whatever they did to him, he had a terrible life. Uh, you know, because he wrote. He asked, "How dare you take the Gemara and shorten it? What is this? I am an abstraction of Gemara." So on. And then to us, the riff is Kodesh Kedoshim. The riff, you know. Look. Hey, what's today's parsha? This week's parsha. Kurach. Even Moshe Rabbeinu had his enemies. Right. And and you know and, and he had the greatest haskam of all the Rebbe you know. So what are we gonna say? You know what I'm saying? Oh, what are you gonna say? Even Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't escape, you know, being persecuted by Kurach and Vadosai. You know, it's not just one man. It all group. Dosim Vavirim, all these guys. You know. Anyway, you should know one thing. I have told you something which you probably you know through your whole life and never hear it. I have told you what Vegas is. You don't realize that, you know? The only one you get an answer to that, you gotta go to some incredible Rebbe and ask him, what are you experiencing, you know, when you daven? <laughs> you know, I mean, who's gonna go there, right? You know? So, you know, I, I, I've told you something that most people have no inkling. Yeah, they know the word Vegas. They have no inkling of what it is, you know? You know what it is, you know? And you know how to get there. You need to be an Oyved. If you're not an Oyved, won't work. You know, and it, it, it's not enough to be a Tam Kacham. I don't care if you know Shas. If you don't do the Avoida, you will not be a Dovok. Yeah, you'll be, I mean, you'll reach Madrigas, there's no question about that, but not Vegas. You need the Mesidah Sishon. You need these forums that tell you how to work on yourself and so on, you know? That's the only way to get there. But, you'll know what it is when you get there. You know you have this incredible joy thinking about God and this incredible yearning and longing to be unified with Him. And when you get that feeling, you've got it. You are now a dog. There are certain times when a person can experience like, like a short burst of I think a person's swept up in... in yes, there are, yeah, it's like, an, yes, yeah, it's like a, exactly, yeah. But the problem is when it goes, it's gone. And the person doesn't say, wait a minute, can I actually work to get it on a steady basis? You know, or was it just some spontaneous emotional uplift? Yeah, there are times, but I hold that's a gift. I hold it's a gift that Ronshim says, listen, let me show you what it's like. Because if you don't know what it's like, why you work on it, right? So all of a sudden the guy, let's say sometimes the guy's uplifted to a tefillah, or something else he has an idea, you know, or somebody... Um, you can look at that as a level of avayda. Which? The person has a, a tefillah or a word named kipper. Oh, yeah. It's not such a, you know, organized avayda. But it, it, it's, it's, that's why he gets the burst. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a good, that's a good yeah, word. It's a burst of Vegas, but it's, it's gone. The question is, what are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? You know, are you going to really work at this? Because no, the object is to keep it steady. Tehillim does, does that, I'm saying. What? Tehillim. Four parts? Tehillim and Kavana. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you know the words, the meaning of the words. If you just say Tehillim, there are people who rattle it off. They say Tehillim every day. And they, you know, they're doing their work and they're just saying Tehillim. You know? I don't mean that. But there are people who say Tehillim, you know, with Kavana. You need to say it with Kavana, with meaning. You need... I always, it's always remarkable to me, you know, we daven every day. Most people have no idea what they're saying. Okay, if you say something in Lashon HaKodesh, that's very good, because that itself, 
because Lashon HaKodesh is so holy, whatever, that it can bring down all kinds of hashpos, you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. But tefillah, actually today tefillah is one of the greatest ways of getting Vegas. If a guy does it, what you should do is get yourself an art scroll, you know, with the, with the whatever, however it goes, you know, and learn the meaning of the davening, and then daven slowly, you know. But the, most people, they don't do that. They just daven, and they try to have feeling for it, but, you know, if you don't have, you don't know what in the world you're talking about, what feeling are you really in? You need to understand the tefillah, and you need to think about what the words mean. And then with that, as it becomes more what's called nisames, as it becomes more verified to you, you will begin to feel that way, yes. Tefillah is one of the ways of achieving vacas, but only if you know what you're saying. By starting, we add, we add singing to tefillah. Okay, yeah, it's more of a chant than a song, isn't it? It's more yeah. of a chant. It depends. Depends what part, depends which... But I find after, after a while it becomes rote. You know, just, you know, saying, you know, it's, no, the, to, it, to daven, but how many people are even in feeler? It's also probably a way to feeler, really, you know? Most people don't. It's hard to find a minion where you can do that. You know, zip. You go like, one, two, three. How can you be mechavan such a minion, really, you know? But it, there's no question about that feeler is one of the ways, if you do it with meaning and you do it slow, is one of the ways of achieving Vegas, yes. It is, you know. What can I say? Anyway, that's what it is. Dreykus, Toiv, Shlemus, Tikkun. I think it's what I got a, what we got a handle on, 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 on some of what, what some of these terms mean and so on and so forth. You know? So uh, I think it gives you a good understanding of what's happening and so on. And you never know. Maybe somebody will become a dummy. You, on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Try it. <laughs>